This is a podcast from Minute Media. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch. Up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. Let's open up that rainbow. Oh, I can't believe USC has escaped the Groundhog Day existence and has ended the Helton era. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Random Trail Radio, episode 417, coming to you on Thursday. September 16th, we're going to look ahead to Saturday's game between the USC Trojans and the Washington State Cougars on the Palouse in Pullman at Martin Stadium, 12.30 p.m. It is going to be the first game of the Dante Williams era, and we are going to preview it here on Reign of Troy Radio. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Google Play, wherever you can get a podcast, we are there. Our email address is reignoftroy at fansetta.com, and our phone number is 213-373-1USC. Second Westboro Show. I'm your host, Michael Castillo. Join along with my co-host, Elisa Daratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we're back uh, with uh, episode number, well, the second full episode of the week, as we normally do. Um, but it's the third time you're probably hearing us because we had the live reaction to the Clay Helton news on Monday, uh, and then on Tuesday we had the Fallout episode from all the Clay Helton stuff, and here here we are a day late than than normal. We we want to do the game previews on Wednesday afternoon, but we're a day late because it's been a wild, wild week. Yeah, I mean, uh, podcast on Monday, podcast on Tuesday. Needed a little bit of time for those things to breathe and sort of get a handle on, okay, what is going on with this game against Washington State? Because, yes, the season does, it does continue. It doesn't just, you know, flip the switch, Clay Hilton's gone, and, oh, wait, no, there is actual football to pay attention to over the weekend. And that football is going to be plenty interesting because there's going to be a game that tells us a lot about where this this Trojan team is at mentally. And I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's been a wild week for the podcast, and really, can can we just be transparent? This has been the best week for the podcast in at least over two years. I, <laughs> yes, um, I have long told people that it has been a struggle with the website, with the podcast, with everything, because to me, it very much felt like a lot of people were tuning out a lot, and and we had we've had people tell us like hey it's not you guys i just don't find any joy in usc anymore and i get that and i you know one of my big things is like don't do things that don't give you joy so that's it's been a reality and i think that the the move that mike bone made to end the the clay helton era i think has given people some some enthusiasm, some hope, something different to talk about. We're not having the same, well, we're having a lot of the same conversations, actually, but we're not, it's 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 a totally different tenor. 
uh, around the fan base. And I think a lot of people suddenly are excited about USC football again, where all the excitement had just been drained away just slowly, slowly, slowly for several years now. Uh, and uh, it's nice to see things take a turn because suddenly people want to listen to the podcast again. <laughs> yeah, and we're all for it. And people are leaving reviews as well, still. And we're super happy about that. You can leave a review at Apple Podcasts. Give us five stars and we'll be your best friend forever. Uh, we got three new ones. First one, five stars from Kyle and Toluca Lake. A great way to stay in touch with USC football. I've been listening since almost the beginning. I always eagerly await the car cast, especially after losses, and keep hitting refresh starting Sunday morning. Keep up the great content, Alicia and Michael. Thank you. Thank you for the review, Kyle. And yeah, we, we want that. I mean, how long has it been for people after a USC game to sit there and just refresh, refresh, refresh the podcast? Because there's nothing better when you're a sports fan. I do this with Liverpool after a big game. I just I want to hear other. I just want to. I need my podcast reaction out. I need the podcast yeah. reaction out. And you're just waiting and wait. And I think with USC, we've we've lost some of that in the past. We've lost some. Like, well, there we go again. It's another USC game. And uh, and yeah, and yeah, we're 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 excited again. And hopefully, Kyle, you are gonna enjoy the stuff that happens this week and and this season even more. Yeah, I I love that feeling of like refreshing, even though it's anxiety inducing. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I, it's not it's not good. <laughs> I listen to a million F one podcasts. My favorite one for post race podcasts is the the BBC pod, the Checkered Flag, and I'll be there every Sunday, just refreshing, waiting for that. When is it coming? When is it coming? Out. Yeah, I know that feeling. Uh, next one comes from eternally hopeful USC fan. Five stars. Love your podcast. Raw and insightful and full of levity. Alicia's reaction to uh, Clayton's firing <laughs> yesterday was incredibly raw passion and entirely shared by all real SC fans, including yours truly, a fan since the mid-70s, long before Alicia and Michael were both born. Cardinal Gold bleeding TMB alum. Uh, we now have hope for... Future national prominence fight on. Yeah, thank you for the review. Thank you for being eternally hopeful. Uh, it's, a, it's a good quality to have. Uh, I, I I also share a lot of that, that tendency of being eternally hopeful, and it, and it crushes me a lot of the time. So it's nice to suddenly be able to look up and go like, yeah, yeah, hey, if they get this higher right, let's go, let's roll. I'm uh, yeah, I'm 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 pumped. Yeah, people are gonna start buying in even more. We'll see. Uh, last one comes from Praxis97, another five stars. Likeable podcast. I remember thinking that Alicia's significant other should be nervous because of the chemistry between her and Michael. It was too good. Congratulations on the game engagement. May you have a truly great marriage. Oh, and the podcast is great, too. See, that's the important part, the podcast. <laughs> Definitely the important yeah. part. Hey, we can have a five-star marriage and, and a five-star podcast. That, that's what we're striving sure. for, right? Sure. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take all it. All things be, be, be five star all the time. Yeah. We don't settle for any of those three stars. Exactly. This is this is Reign of Troy, you know, like five stars. That's, five star apartment, five star wedding, 
five-star marriage. I don't know about hotels, but uh, we'll, we'll yeah. see. Yeah, not many five-star hotels in yeah. our future. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyways, thanks for the reviews on Apple Podcasts and the kind thoughts. You guys are awesome. We are forever appreciative of all of you. Uh, and uh, last thing, little podcast news. Um, while we're seeing all this good stuff, here we go with the bad news. Uh, there's not going to be an episode on Monday. Uh, there will be no Fallout episode around the Wazoo game. Uh, so next week, here's the schedule. Saturday SC plays at 12.30. Immediately after the game. This is going to be the quickest car cast up that you'll probably ever see. We're going to be able to put a car cast up really quickly because it is a road game, which means neither of us are going to be at the game, so we can record a car cast immediately. It'll be quick. Uh, so look forward to that on Saturday afternoon. Then, uh, normally we have our Fallout episode aimed for Monday, but there will not be an episode on Monday because someone over here, somebody, is getting a little older. Mm. A little older on the calendar. A little mm. older in the stat book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little, little, you know, yeah. the, 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 the wheels keep on turning. A little, yeah. Some, more, somebody actually did a, did the thing and requested a day off from work. Wow! Look at you! Wow. Look at you being it's a an big, adult. It's, it's wow. a big step for me, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, so yeah, uh, no episode on Monday, but we'll be back on Wednesday, of course, to do a combo episode, which is always my like least favorite kind of episode. Yeah. The combo episode, uh, strictly from a it's a. A lot of prep that goes into those because it's two episodes in one, but uh, that means more content for you guys and a big, beefy episode on Wednesday that'll look back at Wazoo and ahead to the Oregon State Beavers next week. So look for that on Wednesday. Carcast Saturday afternoon. Wednesday will be a combo episode. Uh, as long as no weird news breaks like it did this week, but we'll see. Uh, anyways, uh, let's get into talking about this game. Alright, let's see, let's get into the news really quick. Uh, only a quick little two nuggets of news. Still talking about Corey Foreman and Nick Figueroa. Uh, Corey Former will play as much as he can on Saturday against the Cougars. That's the update. Yeah, he's uh, he's good to go, so he's not going to miss the game. It's I guess it's just a question of like how much can he play through? Like how how good does he feel, and uh, and and how that plays out during the game? I think it's not something they can necessarily anticipate because so much of it is how are you feeling and. Yeah. Foreman gets to say, "I'm I'm feeling it or I'm not feeling it." So he's dealing with that that leg issue. Leg issue. Yeah, and then there's Nick Figueroa. He's still dealing with the shoulder issue. He's still questionable for Washington State. Uh, a little bit up in the air. We'll see if we get any more news out of Dante Williams on Thursday. Uh, the interesting thing I was listening to uh, our good friends over at the Family Feud, uh, USCFootball.com's podcast, and. They were talking about how difficult it is to be at practice now because Dante Williams' thing is you dress all the time, uh, which makes it difficult to kind of decipher who's practicing 
and who will be ready on game day and all that kind of stuff. So that'll be uh, an interesting wrinkle to things going forward. So uh, be uh, be on the lookout for for those kind of updates. But um, can I can I just jump in really quick? Like yeah. if people wanted to ask what will change under Dante Williams, those little things, just those mm-hmm. little tweaks to practice, those little... I mean, we talked about this a lot in... Uh, was it 2018? Where it's like, we didn't understand why USC wasn't switching off practice at some point. Like, just do something different because clearly the thing that you're doing is is not working or the thing that you're doing, players are either bored or not engaged or whatever it is. So just do a little tweak and it could make a difference. Well... We don't know if these tweaks will make a difference, but there are little tweaks that Dante Williams is going to be doing, and that might be the thing that makes the difference. Yeah, I, I don't think... And it might it, not be, but... It, it it means nothing in of itself, but you just change the routine. These little things add up to make it feel like it's a different... There's, uh, there's a this... Different eras to reset the mindset. There's this thing that you do in yoga where uh, when you, like, clasp your hands together... Try doing it the other, like have the finger of your, the, the index finger of your right hand be the one that's on the top and you clasp your hands together and it feels totally different. It's the smallest little thing that you do, but it feels totally different. And sometimes you do that just to remind yourself that like, no, like I'm actually conscious of the thing that I'm doing now. I'm conscious of the, conscious of the fact that I am clasping my hands together where you can just do it mindlessly in the other way and it's just the way it happens. So just those things that the, they... Sometimes they help, and maybe they'll have no impact at all. But sometimes they do. Yeah, you never know. Uh, I do this in my in my daily life when when I'm not I'm I'm ambidextrous. So if things aren't going my way, instead of using my fork with my left hand, I use it with my right. There you go. Yeah. That's BS, but it sometimes you got to change it up. It sounded. I good. like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. All right, uh, let's get into this game: USC and Washington State. Uh, the Trojans played last year in the weirdest game I think of the COVID season. Uh, SC's most dominant game against Washington State. They led 28-0 after the first quarter and then didn't do much after that. 38-13 was the final score uh, in which they got outscored in the final three quarters of the game, but I, I don't matter. know how much stock you put in that in the sense of the game was basically killed off in the first quarter. However, SC didn't do that thing where they just kept scoring throughout the game as it went on. USC is very bad at putting their foot on the throat of the opponent. And it gets them into trouble sometimes, but it didn't get them into trouble that time. Yeah, no, it did not. Uh, Nick Rolovich is the head coach uh, for Washington State. Uh, he is in his second year. Two and four is the record. He only has two wins against uh, Oregon State and Portland State. So good news for SC. They are not a school uh, in Oregon. So perhaps that gives SC an edge. We'll see. Uh, expect some rain on Saturday. Uh, the weather report last I checked said cloudy with showers, a high of 59. Winds out of the uh, west-southwest at 10 to 15 miles an hour. 70% chance of rain. Yeah, we just had a conversation of like when was the last time USC played in the rain. Played a rain game and I couldn't think of one. Well, there's the, the Notre Dame game in 2016. But I feel like there's got to be something more recent that's just not on top of my head. Um, yeah, so it's it's going to be an unusual, and this is why I said earlier that this game is going to reveal a lot about where the where the head is at for a lot of these players, because short of Clay Helton being fired, we would have gone into this game saying 
This is a team that USC blew out last year, so they could be complacent. This is a road game. US, these USC teams have been very bad on the road. Um, weather. The weather is going to play. But this, this would have been prime for... This looks a little bit nervous. This looks a little bit scary here. Mm-hmm. There's no football reason that USC should lose this game. And so... Um, there's all the other reasons that USC could lose this game. Right. Now you get rid of Helton and all of a sudden it's like, okay, well, where where's your head at? Are you got I mean, and that's the thing is that Clay Hilton was beloved. Like the players really loved him. So how are they gonna be, respond to this? Is is Dante Williams gonna galvanize the team? Is is there gonna be a hangover from from all of the emotional expenditure that's happened this week? There's a lot going on in this game and so much of it is mental. That uh, it will be very telling. Yeah, I, I find it hard to talk about this game from a preview perspective. Because we, we, we can look at it and say, you know, this is a Washington State team that was not very good last year. They have not been very good this year thus far. Uh, they beat uh, Portland State, FCS an FCS school. team. But they lost to Utah State uh, in week one, a game in which they lost at the end, uh, but they shouldn't be losing to Utah State. Mm-hmm. I, I get that Utah State is one of the better G5s, but that doesn't that doesn't make it worth it to, to lose to them if you're a Washington State team that needs every win possible to get bowl eligible and all that. So, I don't know. I, I mean, you, you, you look at the numbers last year, they were, they were pretty much towards the bottom of just about everything. They can throw the football. We know it's an, it's a, uh, run and shoot offense from Nick Rolovich. He comes from Hawaii. That's the background. You got the the June Jonesness uh, of this of this offense, different than the air raid that Mike Leach runs, but not completely different in the in the in the sense of of what it's trying to do and move the ball down the field through through the air. Uh, they're going to throw the ball way more than they are uh, pass the ball. But I don't know what to expect from this Washington State team outside of what we've already seen, which is they got a semi-decent potent offense uh, and a defense that is not very good. 11th in scoring defense in the Pac-12 last year, 11th in total defense, 11th in yards per play, 12th in passing defense, 11th in defensive passer rating last year. Uh, the rushing numbers are much better than that, but some of that is if if teams are thrown for 300 yards a game and having 156.9 passer rating against you, why run the football against Washington State? So it's going to be interesting to see it from that perspective. SC having two games in which they've struggled to finish off drives. SC has moved the ball tremendously between the 30s. Haven't done much beyond that. Uh, you'd have to think maybe this is what the doctor ordered. But the wrinkle to all of this is this is the first game of the Dante Williams era. This is the first game without Clay Helton. I think in a lot of cases, you mentioned all the 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 weird juju about this game, and you could sit here and say, this is one of those no football reasons games. And I think if SC beats Stanford, you know, I'm, I might be sitting here and saying that. I don't know that I'm going to say that given given what we know with with. Uh, everything going through because what what we've seen from SC before is every time they are down, they take a step forward and they pick you back up every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about this before with with like practices. Good weeks of practice usually mean a, a poor game. Bad weeks of practice 
usually mean a good game. Like, there's this weird, you know, inverse thing that happens with SC. Uh, you look back at, oh, well, they, they've, they've fired Clay Houghton and they've, they've lost to Notre Dame. How are they going to ever rebound from, from these developments in 2015? Well, they're going to beat number three Utah at home with Cam Smith picking off three passes from Travis Wilson. Right, mm-hmm. like those things just tend to happen um, at, at SC, or you know, in 2017 they get blown out against Notre Dame, and then they bounce back with a dominant win over ASU on the road a week that nobody thought that they were practicing well. Like, so I we can sit here and say there's all these things: the rain, Washington having a good offense even with a bad defense, uh, on the road in Pullman. First Pac-12 road game, that's the game that Pete Carroll would lose every year. All these things, but knowing SC, this is usually kind of the bounce back-ish, even though that's entirely a question mark, because we don't know what to expect in the first game of the Dante Williams era. Yeah, it's entirely a mystery, which is, I think, why I'm so excited to watch this game, because I'm, I'm really, I'm genuinely fascinated. And, you know... Washington State has some interesting players that could take advantage of USC if they come out flat-footed. Max Borgie. Uh, Max Borgie is there. I, I don't know if Nick Rolovich knows how to use Max Borgie, but he's definitely there, and he's hurt USC in the past. Um, Jaden Delara, I, I, I kind of wish Jarrett uh, Guarantano was the quarterback because I think he's just a far less dynamic quarterback. I think Jaden Delara has, uh, we've, we've seen him in the past, be somebody who can sort of be a wild card for that offense. So those are things that USC needs to look out for, but it's still a game that's all going to come down to the mental. It's all going to come down to how USC responds. And like you said, in the past, we've seen USC respond in these situations. This is now. This is the now. Will they continue to do that? Uh, Or will this be the the breaking point where suddenly they lose Helton and, and... it's just a big old shrug, and and they don't respond. Now, yeah. I think Dante Williams is exactly the kind of co- – I, I could see this. I mean, we had talked about when USC got rid of Helton, they could put, like, Mike Jinks or something in there. Like, I think if you put Mike Jinks as your head coach, I don't expect the emotional rebound because he doesn't seem to be that guy. But Dante Williams is that guy. So I think you can go into this expecting USC to do the thing that we've seen them do before. Did did you watch the Graham Harold um, presser from from Tuesday or Wednesday? Whatever I, day I did was? not know. Uh, I thought it was interesting. He was asked. Uh, I think it was Shotgun that asked him if he was expecting to get the interim job, knowing that it usually goes to a coordinator. Uh, and he talked about like you know there had been talks like Clay had said, and if anything ever happens to me, kind of things, um, and that. Mike Jinks was kind of the guy, like, of the coordinators, he's the one with the experience, because he's the run game coordinator. Mm -hmm. So he's the one with the experience as being a head coach, which I thought was interesting. Which is still, it's interesting that it ultimately went to Dante Williams, but uh, again, we've talked about it before, Dante Williams got the assistant head coaching tag uh, in the The offseason. The associate head coach. Yeah, associate. So... Well, uh, and so again, it makes sense uh, from, from that perspective. From recruiting, it makes sense. From the, we're putting a lot of faith in you. Uh, yeah. If there's anyone on the staff you want to endear, it's Dante Williams. So, like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't necessarily the first choice for sure. There were other guys that you would expect. But now thinking about it, 
you do need somebody to galvanize this team. And Dante Williams is that guy. I don't think anyone else, maybe, maybe Todd Orlando has that sort of approach. But you, you know what it is? I think, I think we've talked about it before. Ed Ogeron, for all of his coaching faults, not a good head coach. I'm sorry. He's not. But what is he the best in the world at? Two things. Recruiting. We know that. Um, and it being an interim head coach. Because I think being an interim head coach is a completely different animal than being the full-time guy. Because being an interim guy, your job is to be rah-rah. Your job is to focus on recruiting more than anything else and let every other coach do their job. Let every other coach like delegate everything and focus on allow those guys to focus on what they do. And if you're at Ogeron, that's a perfect role for you to be an in- interim. That that should be that should be his job. He should just be like an interim. People fire their coach, they hire Edo. Like that would honestly, it'd be a good career opportunity. <laughs> but hey, there are managers in the Premier League who Gus literally Hennig. do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, the Mr. Caretaker. Yeah, it would be great. But I think Dante Williams could be similar to that because of the whole rah rawness mm-hmm. that he has. The strong connection he has, the um, the philosoph- the philosophical angle to to what he preaches, the be one and zero every day kind of thing, and so I want to see that in place on Saturday. I want to see what that means for Saturday, and that makes me think that ST is going to bounce back. Uh, again, this is all just presumptive because we don't know what to expect. So I wrote three things I want to see from SC in this game. I wrote them down. Number one. This is a word that SC has been using like plenty um, in, in pressers this year. The word juice. So, so show some juice. You cannot come out flat in this game. You have to show the ability to, to be up for it. Because I think when your coach fires, you can absolutely get all boo-boo face and you know act like your best pig died and suddenly you don't know what to do. And wallow and have pity. You can't do that. You you got to pick up the pieces. And I think luckily for SC, this has happened so much that they're not going to do that. You would think. You'd hope. I mean, Michael Hutchings is on this staff. He went through it three times yeah. as a player. <laughs> like if there's anyone who can tell the defense how to respond, it's Michael Hutchings. He had Kiffin. Ogeron and and uh, Sark leave in the middle of seasons while he was a player. Yeah, maybe he's the the cursed one. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not too. He's a great guy, but like, yeah, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. So show some juice. Don't be flat. Um, be ready to play on Saturday. Number two, and I think this is a very important one. You have to be able to withstand a punch. Do not be shell-shocked, quote-unquote. Don't be shell-shocked. We know Washington State is a team that, if anything, is Big 12 bad, right? They have an offense that is certainly capable of putting up points and a defense that is, you know, not the best. So don't be shocked if they put up a touchdown or two early on in the game. You you have to weather that from two two standpoints. One, you can't let that crumble all the juice that you came into the game with. You need to be able to withstand that better than they did last week against Stanford. The weird thing about Stanford, and we talked about this, 
Absolutely. If Drake London catches that pass, if Gary Bryant catches that pass, if Keaton Slovis makes those passes better, uh, if they if they don't have the penalty on the on the field goal, if all those things go different, if the the pick six is is caught by Drake London instead, like, and it's a better pass from Keaton Slovis, like all these little things happen. A the score looks better for SC, but also I don't think everything dominoes the way it did, and so those things didn't go SC's way, and then everything sort of domino effect did them in, if that makes sense. So. Be able to withstand a punch. Things are not going to go your way completely every time. So when it doesn't go your way, be able to rebound and make sure that the next major flashpoint of the game is something that you're with able to be prepared for. Uh, and number three is I want to see SC take a step forward towards solving the issues from week one and week two. It doesn't need to be solved in this game. I'm not expecting... A whirlwind of changes. There's no time to do that. They're not going to scrap the air raid. They're not suddenly going to fix every problem. If you're expecting that, you are being unreasonable. That's not going to be the case. Don't expect that. Just show some progress. FC has not gotten a sack. We've talked about it before. They've gotten plenty of pressure. So it's not like this is the majorest issue of all time. But get a sack. I don't think that's unreasonable to ask for. We've we've seen SC struggles in the red zone. And mind you, we talked about it last week again. The two plays in which SC stalled those two drives in the second and the third quarter that went off the receiver's hands, I thought they drew up plays that actually finally worked in the red zone. They just couldn't execute them as much as I hate the word execution uh, in regards to talking about football. Okay, Brian Kelly. Yeah. No, no, not Brian Kelly. Yeah, it was Brian Kelly. Yeah, Brian Kelly. My bad, I messed up Um, the joke. But take a step forward, be able to finish off more of those drives, right? Just show me some sort of improvement, any bit of improvement. It doesn't matter how much, any bit of improvement. And I think people are going to feel better about this team going forward. Yeah, I agree with all of those things. Cool. You know, I, it's a good, d- you know it's a good point when like she has nothing else to add. No, I just uh, what I want to add is uh, I mean th- the only thing I'd add from to those is just I would like this to be uh okay show me something Harold. That show me be- something go out go out and prove that you are a good offensive coordinator because you now own everything that goes on with USC's offense. You probably owned it before, but now you really own it. You don't have to cater to what you think Clay Hilton might want from you. You don't have to just go go out and be bold. Like part of me would just like to see Graham Harrell just say, okay, screw it. Let's let's go. Let's just do the 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 most extreme of the thing that I'm trying to do and see how it runs. And and that doesn't mean yeah. like changing you you're not changing your playbook. You're not changing your system. Just the way that your approach to that system uh is is unfurled i think that that's something that harold can change if he's just like okay shackles are off let's run well maybe yeah the opposite of that and the the other part of it is we talked about it before we don't know how much of, of the the offensive issues are harold or or clay help we're going to learn more but at the same time we don't know what it was so make it make it 
look good for you, right? Yeah. Like, like, like prove yourself because like, you're, you're going to be looking for a new job. Yes. Like, you need to convince some people that you're legit, and this is now your chance. Well, yeah, but the way I look at it, Clay Helton, as it stands right now, is a built-in scapegoat. Yes. Anything that improves, you can just say, yeah, but it was it was Clay Helton that would make making the mistakes before. You know what I mean? You don't have to literally say it, but it's implied. Yeah. So anything you improve is going to end up looking looking better on the coaching staff and looking better on the team going forward because there's a built-in scapegoat there. Anyways, uh, let's get forward to talking about this game in over-under and make predictions up next, shall we? So you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I'll go under. I got to take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm going to do an under here. All right, Alicia, let's do this. Over, under. We uh, did not talk about it uh, before because we had the Fallout episode that we recorded on Monday that got canned. So we didn't get a, We weren't able to go over last week's over, under. But uh, quick synopsis, uh, you went two and four. Yeah, it didn't I go went, well for me. I went four and two. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty darn good. Uh, the weekly winners, there were several of you guys uh, who went six and six, a perfect six for six. Adam and Clinton, Pittsburgh, our buddy Steve in the Bay Area, Salad Troy, DSET, Pacific Northwest Trojan, Do It For Men, uh, our, our friend Darlene from Grand Terrace, Big Poppy 55, and LA Fred. They all went six for six, a perfect record. Uh, and the season leader to date, we have a couple of them, DSET and Adam and Clinton Pittsburgh. Both are th- 13 and 3. That is their record for over under, which is pretty damn good. Uh, for the season thus far, I'm 11 and 5, and you are 7 and 9. How, how does it feel to be Jeff Fisher? I'm literally Jeff Fisher. Speaking of uh, USC coaching candidates who should not be anywhere near the discussion. <sighs> All right, first one. What do you got? All right, I got .5 fumbles lost by USC. It's going to be a rain game probably uh, up north. Ball security is going to be a discussion. Is USC uh, going to lose a fumble in this game? They lost, what, one last week? The, the Eric Cromenhoek thing? which I d- the, That was in week it, one against San Jose State. Was it? Yes. Eric Cromenhoek fumbled against San Jose State. Jeez, everything's blending together. Only had one turnover last week. It was the... It was the pick six. The pick six, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and even the, the Cromenhoek fumble, like, I, I thought that was... That was kind of bang-bang. Yeah, it was bang-bang. It was bang. probably a fumble, but it was also I, on the edge. It was it was a borderline, like, drop. Yeah. So, um, either way... Um, Give me the over. I just think the odds have to be there. Even without the rain, I think SC is probably due for a loss fumble here. All right. That's fine. So uh, that'll lock you into the under. Um, next one for me, I said over under 33.3 as a third down conversion rate for Washington State. The Cougars are 10th in the back 12 with a uh, red z- I mean, sorry. Uh, third down conversion rate of 33.3. Just like USC's defense, their rate is 33.3. SC's defense is second in the Pac-12. Uh, mind you, some of that's a weird sample size stuff. Stanford was 5 of 10 at 
Uh, San Jose State was like a 21%, 3 of 14. Uh, so do uh, with that information what you will. Will the Cougars be better than their season average? Uh, which is also SC's average, 33.3. Huh. Um, that's tough because third down conversions are very much dependent on, so are those long? Are they short? Does USC do well on first and second down in this game? I am not certain. I am going to go with the, so if I go with the under, if I say under, it's Washington State will have a lower third down conversion percentage. Correct. That's very low, though. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to go with the under uh, because I like USC's defense, and I think they can bounce back to a point. Um, So you take the under. That locks me into the under. I will take the under. All right. I, I I dig it. I think that's a good good gamble. Uh, we'll see how that that pays off for SC uh, on Saturday. Um, what's your uh, what's your next one? All right, I'm going 1.5 30-yard passing play passing plays for USC. 1.5 over or under. Uh, this is they had one 30-yard passing play in each of the first two weeks. But there's been the discussion about USC needs to be more explosive. So will they take steps and pains to make that happen? For the record, Washington State has given up three 30-yard passing plays on the season so far, which is not horrendous, but it's not great. Yeah, I, I'm i mad at you for this because I, stole it. I was literally about to write uh, an over-under on 20-yard passing plays, and then you had to take the one for 30. Mm-hmm. Um, one and a half, I, I don't I don't like the line there. Um, I, I'm inclined to think that SC is going to maybe be a little bit more vertical in the, um, in the passing game and have more 20-yard passing plays. 30 yards at one and a half, I think I got to take the under. All righty, that's fine. Feeling good about that. All right. Uh, next one for me is Joseph Manjack the fourth catches. He had two last week, three targets in a row at one point. Uh, it was the Manjack drive. Uh, he dropped a play that nearly could have been a touchdown. Um, what, what do you think of the uh, the gloveless man number fourteen? <laughs> the gloveless Manjack. He uh, looks like Darnold, right? Like he, he like, in that fourteen, in the fourteen, and with no gloves on, yeah, he looks like a quarterback. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I see it. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna say screw it and go with the over on this one. I think that USC will be airing it out a little bit more. I think that in doing so, they clearly have the idea of having him be that sort of interior guy in the Drake London mold. I can see him getting some catches and just volume being up for everybody. So yeah, I'll go over. All right. I, I like that. I, I, I like that, that, that pick for you. Uh, that locks me into the under. I think it'll be interesting to see how it compares with Gary Bryant. Uh, we know that Kyle Ford got a lot of run late, 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 late in the game against Stanford. Maybe he gets some more run uh, as, as, as well. Uh, in addition to man Jack. So we'll say two and a half uh, catches for man Jack. Alicia takes the over there. Uh, what's your next one? Uh, my next one is 2.5 sacks by USC. Oregon State has given You're up two, two sacks per game. 
USC has zero on the season. Zero, zero. on the season. Just repeat so. that. Zero on the season. So this is, you know, make or break for USC. Start getting sacks. Washington State has given up an average of two per game. Can USC one-up uh, Utah State and Portland State? Utah State and Portland State, for the record. Okay, so you set the line at, what, was it three and a half I last week? I think three week? and a half last and week. And I stupidly took <laughs> the over and it was still zero? Again, I I've said it before. They're due, right? They're they're just due. I'm still gonna take the under. I'm not ready to commit to three sacks. If it, if the line was one and a half, I think I'd probably take the over. Mm-hmm. At two and a half, mm, might be a little too much for me. So My that, bold prediction for this game is that USC's pass rush just explodes. I mean, I could see it. They're 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 due to to, to get things going their way. Uh, last one. Uh. Over under 6.66 yards per touch for Max Borgie. Love wow. that number. Six, six, six. Yikes. That's a great number. I <laughs> uh, love it. Uh, uh, this is oh. why I keep listening to these podcasts about the satanic panic, and they would be all over that. Nothing wrong with Satanism. It's great. <laughs> uh, 6.66 yards per touch for He's Max Borgie. Why do I put that number? Because he averaged 6.6 in 2019. And he's averaging 6.7 in 2021. Max Borgie was insane in 2019. Had four, over 1,400 yards from scrimmage. And then last year, uh, played one game. One game against Utah, in which he had 102 yards from scrimmage, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are you expecting out of him this week? Over under 6.66 yards per touch. So that's a that's a pretty high average. Sorry, these are uh, yards per touch from scrimmage. From scrimmage, so from scrimmage. Uh, receiving plays and rushing plays. Yes. Okay, um, that's a pretty high average for a primary back. But I don't know that Rolovich is using him all that much, or at least not as much as you would think. We know that USC has given up some big, big rushing plays now, so. That's tough. That's tough. I'm I'm very torn. I'm gonna okay. I was gonna go over. I'm gonna go under because I, I that's just, that just feels very high. That feels high. I'm gonna go under. I I that's a gut. That's a gut thing. All right. Bold pick from Alicia to take the under, which locks me in to the over. Uh, you guys can make your picks. As always, the link is in the show notes, uh, and then we'll also tweet out the link uh, probably on Friday as well, uh, so you can check those out uh, to make your picks in this year's over-under and this week's game against Washington State. Uh, Let's get into the game predictions. Bill Connolly's SP Plus numbers. He gives USC a 62.5 win probability, way down from last week's 94%, Mm -hmm. by the way. Uh, and has the score as a projected 36-29 to 29 USC over Washington State. Vegas, over at the win, says that SC is going to win by 8.5. That's what the line is. Alicia, what say you? All right, I'm going... Uh, let's get some optimism here going in these post-Helton times so I can set myself up to be disappointed again. Yay! I got USC 36, Washington State 20. I think USC's offense is going to 
uh, take advantage of that rough Washington State defense. And I think Washington State will get some yards and score, but I don't think it'll be a game that's in doubt for long. Okay. I I I say knowing full well that I... You want to know my honest opinion yeah. about this game? I think there's there's two outcomes. One, SC comes out completely flat, and it's a repeat of last week, and this team is just completely doomed. Or the other outcome is it's like a blowout win. Like, mm-hmm. everything comes together, um, they they bounce back, they get the monkey off their back, etc., all that kind of stuff. I'm going to make my prediction somewhat in the middle and hedge a little bit of bets here. I still think SC covers the eight and a half seems a little too close if it's a USC win, even though, again, like a loss here is certainly not out of the question. Uh, I'm going to say 38-24, 14 point win for SC. I think I think that's yeah, it's fair. That's fair. We'll see. We'll see what happens on Saturday, 1230. Uh, kick off. And the Cougars. Uh, let's get to the mailbag and wrap this thing. You've got mail. All right, Alicia, let's get into the mailbag. Start with an email from Randy. This is the victory lap. The fair weather nobodies are gone. The season can still be relevant, and it would be great to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think this season is going to be very interesting. I think there's a lot to look forward to. I think this is an opportunity for the players and the coaches on the staff right now to cut loose and just show us what they've got. And I think that is always a fun situation to be in. 100%. Uh, Let's get to a voicemail we got from Donna. Hi, this is Donna, first-time caller, long-time listener. It's time to put on the Cardinal and Gold and get your body into the stadium to support this team. Fight on. Thanks for the call, Donna. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see what the turnout is for the games going forward. Oregon State in, in a, a week uh, at the Coliseum. The Beavers haven't won in a million years, 60 years at the Coliseum. They haven't won since 1960. So fans should be packing the, the Coliseum to see a game in which SC is back under, uh, under someone who's not Clay Helton because... People were very upset, not wanting to spend money, not wanting to see this team. Well, here you go. Well, okay, so here's the thing. If you think that Mike Bone made the right decision to make that change in week two, now is the time for the fan base to show him that, yes, that was the right decision. Now is the time for them to to reward him for that by turning up. Also, if you want to say that, no, players, we weren't booing you. We were booing Clay Helton at the Coliseum on Saturday, on, on, against Stanford. Now is the time to prove it to the players. Hey, we got your back. We support you. Show yep. up. Be loud. Be proud. Because if people continue to not go to the Coliseum, then it, it, it's, that's going to look bad for recruiting. That's going to look like now is the time for the fan base to prove it was Helton. It wasn't everything else. I'm skeptical that... I, I, I don't think that it's going to be a full Coliseum, honestly. Well, no, because... But I would is, like it to be. This is LA, and unless SC is an undefeated team, uh, and legitimately in, in the playoff hunt the season before, because that's usually how it works, the season before, uh, then I don't think SC is going to sell at the Coliseum. Uh, I know that under the Pete Carroll era, it was like that, 
but it was never like that before. Not even back in the 70s. Like, the SC has always averaged, like, 60,000 people at the Coliseum. Um, And I know that 60,000 in a 77,000-seat stadium is way more full than what we've seen. Um, And that what SC announces and what the the numbers of butts and seats are are not the same. But to me, this is still L.A. and it's still not going to be a full thing. But prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Buy in, completely buy in, go buy your tickets now, and like Alicia said, if if you feel like you didn't want to support the program or the university or whatever, as long as Clay Elton was involved, and that was your hang-up, well then here's your opportunity. As he plays Oregon State next week, go put your butts in seats. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, show it. Do yeah. the fan the players have the, the chance to show it? The fans, coaches do, but the fans have to show too. Yeah. And that, and and fans are completely uh you know, rejuvenated online. So I want to see how that translates to uh to in person. Uh let's go to a voicemail from our good friend Darlene. Good morning, Rams Choice. Darlene from Grand Terrace, formerly of San Diego, now of mostly communities between Grand Terrace and LA. So I haven't called in very much, lots of life stuff going on over the last year, but I just wanted to call and again uh, say thanks to you guys because listening to the podcast this morning about the fallout about Clay Helton is that one thing I thought was a positive was the Patreon was created, Rock Crew was created, and really solidified for me a bunch of friends that really care about USC football. So I just want to say I think with this era that was something good that came out of it but i'm very happy to be moving on and excited for the things to come and i just want to say like you guys are like totally the best hopefully you can go get a win up in wazoo so fight on and beat the kooks look at that thank you for the the kind nice words Mm -hmm. We, we appreciate you yeah, well, I mean, we appreciate you, Darlene, and and every yeah, everybody in the Patreon, everyone in the Slack, everyone in this Robot community. Uh, it it's that's been the that's been the thing that's kept us afloat. Really, is you know, if we didn't have this community, this podcast wouldn't exist. It, it genuinely would not. You guys are the ones that keep us going. So yeah, thank thank you guys to all of you for hanging on with us and to. You know, suffering with us, <laughs> like dealing with all this, this, uh, the, the, the last few years of, you know, not just USC being weird, but like the world being weird. It's been, it's been weird, guys. Like we all get that. And being able to band together and bond over something like USC is, is, is really a gift. So, uh, thank you guys to all of you for sticking with us. Yeah, absolutely. We, we forever appreciate you guys. We could not do this without you. Uh, we, we were so over the moon to do the Patreon for as long as we did. Uh, we would still be doing it if it wasn't for the craziness craziness in, in our work lives, which have changed things a little bit. So, yeah, you guys are absolutely the best. Uh, so thank you, Darlene, for that. Let's go to a voicemail we got from uh, Michael in Iowa. Hey, y'all. New coach requires a new greeting. Hi, this is Michael from the 563, otherwise known as Dubuque, Iowa. Uh, called to suggest a couple other names I do not think I heard you guys mention in your great podcast, one being Chris Peterson. I just think he would be so awesome, especially to come back at uh, Washington 
or was it Washington State? Whichever, they're both the same. Uh, other one being Anthony Lynn, who was, uh, of course, the Chargers coach, and he's got some NFL experience, obviously. So, anyway, those are the names being mentioned on the uh, national front. And, by the way, not that it matters, but ESPN, uh, U, uh, radio has been hammering, um, SC pretty hard for letting Clay Helton go at this point in time, but they just don't get it. So, what can I say? Anyhow, that's it. Take care. God bless and have a good one. Bye-bye. Thanks for the call, Michael and Dubuque, the 563. Always appreciate you. Uh, I I think the, the Chris Peterson stuff is interesting. He was a name that was bantied about after Lane Kiffin uh, back in 2013. Uh, there was the whole thing about him being interviewed and a disconnect with Pat Hayden and, and this and that. And then he goes to Washington and builds a powerhouse, even though SC beats him in 2016. Uh, you know, they go to the Rose Bowl, they go to a, a playoff, uh, in the Pac-12's big playoff berth, uh, you know, besides Oregon's run in 2014. I think Chris Peterson would win a lot of games at USC. I think he would be a very good hire. Here's my concern. I don't think USC fans will be patient enough to deal with Chris Peterson. Because Chris Peterson is going to want to do things the Chris Peterson way. And I think you absolutely should want to do things your way. 100%. But that means doing a teardown. He would do the teardown, even though SC in a lot of ways is a turnkey. I think he would do a teardown. He did it at Washington. Sark had so much talent that he left the cupboard full at, at UW. And Peterson went in there and got rid of a lot of those guys. Uh, either made changes, guys left, kicked guys off the team. Was it Marcus Peters was kicked off the team, right, at Washington? Like, there was a, a lot of attrition, a lot of attrition. He instilled his system, and his system absolutely worked um, and is still in place today with, with Jimmy Lake as the, as the head coach. But I don't know that SC would be as patient, considering that Chris Peterson is very much a big name, and I think if USC got him, the expectations would be through the roof immediately. And would people be patient enough? I'd like to think yes. I don't actually think so. But maybe I'm completely wrong. I mean, Alabama fans well, were, were, were patient with, with Nick Saban for a 6-6 six and six year in year one, but they were coming after the Mike Shula era, which was terrible. And the thing about SC is that SC has been in nine-win purgatory. They haven't been a terrible football team. And I know that people call this team terrible, but the fact is, and we were talking about with, with Clay Helton, it's nine-win purgatory. So how do you improve nine-win purgatory? You go win 10, 11, 12 games. I think people are wanting someone who can do that immediately and not someone who's going to come in, do a teardown, have a bad first season because it's a teardown installation year, and then go out and win the 10-13 games. All of this is completely irrelevant. He does not want back into college football. It's That's completely perfect. irrelevant. I uh, you can give you, you, you buy you, you buy can all give that? me the positives and negatives. You don't walk away from that job in Washington and then turn around and go like, yeah, no, I want no. He's I I, I genuinely 100% believe that Chris Peterson is not coming back to coach college football. Um I would buy more more readily that Bob Stoops wants to come back, and I don't necessarily believe that Bob Stoops wanted to come, wants he to come back. He coached the XFL. Bob Stoops? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's my point. It's like I believe more readily that Bob Stoops wants backed into coaching than like Chris. I, I believe I, I take Chris Peterson at his word. He, he He's not interested. Um, so you can do the sort of cost benefit analysis of him, but it's just he's not somebody that I'm bringing up because I genuinely don't I genuinely do not see him as a candidate because he does not project himself as a candidate. Um, that's the other thing is like, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about Urban Meyer because I think that is, that is not happening. Like, it's just not, it's just not going to happen. People will talk and talk and talk and talk, but he is an NFL head coach who just got to, to draft the number one player in the, in, in the draft. Like, he's not walking away from that job right now, guys. I just don't, it's just not going to happen. I know it has happened Uh, once in a blue moon, but it's not happening now. And and then also, you know, I don't know, SC paying out billions of dollars. And yeah, I mean, and again, and I had this conversation on, on Twitter, this might be a pipe dream, but when you just paid out a billion dollars for not taking allegations of sexual assault seriously, I do not think that you can turn around and hire a head coach who has any of that on his record. Now, yeah. there's that's been That's Urban Meyer and that's James Franklin. And and I would include James Franklin. Um the 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 James Franklin thing is extra interesting because his connections to mishandling sexual assault at Vanderbilt or mishandling uh behavioral stuff at at Penn State all that kind of stuff. They're all allegations. They're they're not necessarily um locked in 100% true or 100% like he covered this up kind of like there's there's some gray area with James Franklin but this is my point USC some programs out there can say we did our due diligence we did our vetting we believe that these issues are not going to be a problem here blah 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 they they can they can say you know what we've done our work and we will take the chance on this person because we we've done our work USC does not get to have that luxury right now USC cannot if there's even a smoke coming around of the potential of this being a problem on your record, you can't bring that guy in. And this is part of why we've had the, well, we're going to have, we're going to have, we have a question about Eric B coming up, but like there's stuff with Eric B that is concerning that I think might exclude him from USC looking at him too. There are, uh, there are guys out there who I think good candidates who Right now, USC has painted themselves in a corner where you don't get to make that choice. You don't get to have the freedom to take that chance on somebody who has questions in their background. And that's something that USC is responsible for doing, but that's the reality. And that's that's sort of where I'm coming at. Urban Meyer doesn't make sense to me for that re- a million reasons. For me, for Chris Peterson, Chris Peterson in a lot of ways would be a great hire. Chris Peterson is not is not coming to to coach at USC because Chris Peterson is not coming to coach anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to a voicemail we got from Jimmy in Tampa. Hey guys, this is Jimmy from Tampa now in New York. A bit of a long time, first time hearing the news of Clay Houghton getting fired was probably the second most exciting thing that I've witnessed in my five years as a Trojan fan since arriving on campus. Uh, I can't believe that, Mike Bone actually pulled the trigger. I, I know a lot like you guys, it was starting to become a, a bit of a dire situation. I thought that we were never going to see this, see this day come to fruition. Uh, but I, I just want to, for the first time possibly in my USC fandom, rave about the team, rave about the decision. Uh, Dante Williams is, in my mind, the one person on this entire staff that we can't afford to lose. 
Uh, so putting him in any position to to feel secure in his role on this team and in this program was absolutely the right move by by Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna. Uh, and I'm, I'm I'm just excited. I'm just excited to to finally, without even some some nagging feeling of regret, root for the team to win football games. Right? We've we've constantly had the debate in our head about well. If we lose, let's at least lose by a lot. And that's just that's just never a feeling you want to have about your team. So I'm excited for the rest of this season and years to come to actually fully commit to, to a winning team and hopefully seeing the kind of team that USC deserves. So uh, shout out to you guys. The reaction episode was probably my single favorite podcast episode ever in any podcast. Um, and keep doing you. Fight on, guys. Thanks for the thanks for the call, Jimmy. That's high praise. High, best podcast ever. Hey, it's a big moment, man. It was a big moment. Can, can, can I share my thoughts about you reading the thing and and Dante, Dante Williams? That that might be one of my best moments ever. It, personally, it was the the clip from my childhood of like 1997, maybe. Uh, the girl who oh, won yeah. the spelling bee, and she's l- spelling out the name, the word. It's like yononym or whatever it is, and she's like E Y N O, and like she's just like like because she, she knows she knows she, how to spell it. She knows she knows how to spell it, and like yeah. that's what you were doing. Dante Williams. It was, it was great. It was. It was Absolutely great. But um, no, Jimmy hits on a million good points. Like this was, a, you know, one of the, the, the high ranking moments, uh, I think, in SC fandom for a lot of people, um, you know, just in terms of the podcast, like we got a million calls that day. We don't always get a million calls. The, the game on Saturday, we got rant line calls, not nearly as many as you would think after a loss like that. And I think it's because people were just beaten down to the point of some apathy. And now the buy-in is completely back. And it's good, I think, as a fan that you can just completely look into it and just buy in full stop. So things are good for for USC right now. We'll see how things go forward and with the hire and all that stuff. So uh, let's get to a final email from George Moon, Munn. Uh, Uh, let's get to a final email from George who says, Eric Bieniemy is never coaching at USC. On top of the following evidence against his hire, see link here. There's a link we'll talk to and we'll talk about it in a minute. Michael's take of he runs the offense is BS. It's Andy Reid's offense. Hell, I don't even think he calls plays and he's never been a head coach. We just had a guy on the job train and we don't need another. The link uh, is to an article from the Cold Wire who says three reasons for Biennemi not having a job, one, he doesn't call plays. Two, he's unprepared for interviews, uh, although it cites conflicting reports, the, the article says. Uh, and three, he's got um, some prior things in his past off the field, like a bar fight in 1988. He shoved a firefighter in 1990. Uh, he was part of a, a group who uh, had an altercation with the parking attendant uh, in September of a female parking attendant in September of 1993, he was arrested for DUI in April of 2001. That's what this article puts together as the reasons for Eric Bieniemy uh, not being hired. So 
I, I think there's, you know, interesting points on all this. Absolutely. I think that all of this collectively is not a reason for him to not have an NFL job. Because, one, the whole not calling plays thing, you're hiring a head coach, you're not, calling, you're not hiring a play caller. You're hiring a head coach. It, the, the play calling thing, to me, is sort of irrelevant. Are you calling the plays in the middle of the game, or are you part of the offensive game plan? Like, I, I want you to be part of the offensive game plan. If you call plays, that's awesome. If, you, if you're part of the calling plane mix, that's still good enough for me. Uh, and there's there's quotes on this. I mean, the Chiefs have, share, have a shared play calling qu- uh, situation. Uh, Doug Peterson and Matt Nagy were not the primary play callers either. They got head coaching jobs uh, out of the Andy Reid system as offensive coordinators. The same exact job that Eric Bieniemy has. And they did not have the potent offense the Eric Bieniemy is involved with. Uh, Andy Reid, this is via CBS, quote, I've always been that way with play calling. I think it's important that everyone is on the same page and involved. So I don't really care who's calling it or not. I just want to make sure that it gets called and that we've got good plays to call from. That's where I put my energy. Uh, and this was in an article on CBS about whether or not enemy calls the plays. And they go back and forth. Uh, it was kind of like, um, you know, SC had this thing before where... Uh, Pete Carroll, I mean, not Pete Carroll, uh, uh, T. Martin recall plays, Clay Helton recall plays, Sark recall, like, they uh, just Tyson, go back and uh, forth. Tyson Helton. Tyson Helton, yeah. Yeah. Like, y- you can, you can, you know, not be a fan of that situation, because it's, it doesn't work in every situation, but that's how it works with the Chiefs. Uh, the other thing is, you know, people are not happy with the NFL not giving the enemy a job and have been skeptical of the team's processes and the reasons given him for him not being not having a job because the reasons given like the reasons in that article uh, and the reasons that we see bantied about about why the enemy doesn't have a job doesn't call plays the off-field stuff etc are not consistent with the reasons that other coaches have not gotten jobs that's why people are skeptical of the Arab enemy stuff. That's why some people point to this or that or any nefarious reasons that the teams could could not be hiring um, Eric Bieniemy. Having said that, I think Eric Bieniemy would be an excellent hire of the guys without head coaching experience. And obviously, you don't want on on job training. But for me, like. You can't exclude someone just because they've never been a head coach before when you look at the past success of all the guys who haven't been head coaches before. Can, can I also just throw in one thing that I yeah. think people disregard about the whole has to have head coaching experience? I think head coaching experience is good. I would rather have you have had experience underneath an elite head coach. Exactly. Rather than just, I've been a head coach before. No, I, if I'd rather hire the, off, the coordinator under Andy Reid than Joe Schmo, who was a head coach. Like, that matters, well, too. That can make up for a lot of you don't have head coaching experience if you've worked closely with an elite head coach in your past. That's why Bill Belichick assistants get hired all the time. Yeah, there, there's nuance to this. Like, the, the the thing with Clay Helton, he didn't have on-job training, but he also never worked under an elite head coach to be cultivated as a head coach. So you had someone who, who was an on-the-job trainee who was never groomed to be that thing. 
And and so you put that all together, and I think it creates a situation where, yeah, he's just kind of in over his head. Uh, and so I think the, the Clay Helton thing has kind of scared people about about having a, a coach who wasn't a previous head coach. I just, the thing I want to stress is that's not a be-all and end-all. All coaches can, can fail uh, of different varieties. So, yes, I think SC should hire a coach with head coaching experience. Is it the end of the world if they don't? It depends on who it is. They hire the enemy. That's a difference than hiring Dante Williams, for instance. But uh, about the enemy, last thing I want to point out is since we recorded that podcast on Monday or Tuesday, Monday night, whatever it was, losing track of days this week. Uh, there's been things that we've come across that I think is worth talking about in terms of the enemy and USC. Yes. Where I think that Biennemi is a great candidate to be a coach. I'm starting to get skeptical about him in USC. Uh, and to give some context here. Uh, so he was on John Embry's staff at Colorado that Mike Bone fired back in 2012. Before he w- went and hired Mike McIntyre from San Jose State. So there is a Pac-12 reporter by the name of uh, Andrew Hobner. He's... Uh, from KEZI 9 in Eugene, Oregon, used to cover the Buffs, Colorado alum. Uh, he had tweeted out on, on Tuesday, uh, people are assuming Mike Bone and Eric Bieniemy would even sit in a room together, let alone work together. Time heals all wo- wounds, but probably not that one. And then we go back to a tweet from ESPN's Peter Burns in November of 2012. Keep in mind, tough line from Mike Bone to toe, he wasn't the biggest Embry slash be enemy fan, but can't throw the powers that wanted it under the bus. So I think it's interesting. So the enemy is the Ed Orge is, is Colorado's Ed Orgeron. Yes. The, the, the one that, that got away. He, well, in the sense that like he got passed over yeah. and might be not happy about it. Cause it was Mike bone doing the passing over. Yes. I think that's a, that's a good way to put it. So, so Mike Bone is the Pat Hayden in this situation. I don't know if this is all fair. I don't know all of the context of this well, because also 10 we years weren't ago. following Colorado. It yeah. was nine years ago. I tend to think that like these things are so you know the the time has changed, but but maybe not. I mean things people handle things differently. Grudges are grudges. If there is a grudge that is actually there, I don't know. This is all speculation. Um, that said. Like I said, I think Bienry would be a good candidate. Um, do what I expect him at USC. Probably not now, knowing the bone stuff that I hadn't previously thought about. Yeah, well, and also, yeah, if if you're going to take the chance on the guy who has never been a head coach before, you got to buy in and believe in him. And we have evidence that Bone didn't buy in and believe in him before. So, you know, that's that's yeah. not the guy that I, I'm, I don't see it as the guy that they're going to take the chance on. And and also again, USC is in a unique in in a difficult position. He has what he has on his record. Uh, he doesn't have an entirely clean record uh, on the personal side, and yeah. that Which, might be excluding exclusionary and, too from a USC perspective. Yeah, no, I, I I'm with you. I, I think what what I've talked about before about the NFL is that the NFL, oh, the NFL clearly gives that all no the Fs. Yeah, yeah, about. Past, yeah. past, uh, you know. Yeah, that's not stopping a lot stuff. of other guys. It yeah. doesn't stop the NFL to do yeah. anything. But yeah, people so two, bring it up about Eric Bieniemy. Two things can be true. Two things can be true. Eric Bieniemy probably is deserving of a head coaching job in the NFL. Also, 
Eric Bieniemy doesn't look like a good candidate for USC for X, Y, Z reasons. That's probably fair. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, SC and Washington State, 12.30 on Saturday. We'll have the card cast immediately after that. Uh, so we'll hope to chat with you then. Until then, email address around to fansi.com, phone number 213-373-1872. Check out the over-under. The link is in the show notes. And then we'll also tweet it out. Until then, see Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.